The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. This is the Ben Burnett Show, the only show in America that features a one-term has-been retired politician that nobody knows on Extra 106.3. Welcome into the Ben Burnett Show on Extra 106.3, Atlanta's all-conservative talk station. It is just afternoon. I am grateful to each and every one of you for making me a part of your day. It's been a week after what seems to be about a dozen people that vied for Speaker of the House after Kevin McCarthy's ouster. We have our man, Mike Johnson, Republican from Louisiana, Christian conservative. That's kind of a throwback. Hey, look, I kind of sit in conflict with uh, that. It's not because I'm not a Christian. It's not because I'm a conservative. I'm one of the people who prefers the governing of agnostic practices. To me, religion and politics is dangerous to mix together. If you want to know more about that, you can look at Israel right now. I am not somebody who thinks that the politics necessarily have to mirror my religious faith and my religious background. I get that a bunch of you do. I'm fine with it. I think everybody deserves to be represented. But look, if you put Mike Johnson, he was practicing Islam and he wanted to make that stance a part of his political platform, he would have every right to do it. And we wouldn't like it very much. So it kind of explains my position on people like Mike Johnson, the Christian conservatives. Mike Pence is another that's a very devout Christian, says that God leads and guides his politics. Let's meet the man. Congressman, I guess speaker now. It's done. Speaker Johnson, that's going to take a while to get used to. He's a graduate of LSU, married, couple of kids. He was the chairman of the Republican Study Committee when he first got elected into Congress. Prior to that, he ran unopposed for a state house seat that with the term that had been vacated. He said last week that until 24 hours before he became Speaker of the House in that secret ballot vote, after Congressman Emmert won the first secret ballot vote in the Freedom Caucus, was like, "Nope, screw him. We're not gonna we're not gonna put up with that milk toast guy." Speaker Johnson kind of throws his name in that in the hat, and he says, after much prayer and deliberation, I am stepping forward to put my name out there for Speaker of the House. Don't you guys just wish every once in a while that somebody would be like, you know what, I just really wanted to do it. I wanted to see if I could get the votes. I don't doubt that people pray and deliberate over the job title at any level. I ran for office. I ran for office because I wanted to run for office, and I won. So then it was clearly the will of God. I, I kind of say that in jest. I think people use the religious background and prayer like, come on, man. Like, just tell everybody you wanted to do it. You'd made a bunch of money in your private life, wanted to go seek a new challenge. You were good with it. You wanted to see if you could actually put forward a message that was compelling enough that people would be like, you know what? I like Mike Johnson. Since he was elected Speaker of the House, it was clearly the will of the Lord. So good for him. It all worked out. The Bible says the prayer of a righteous man can change the will of God or mold the will of God. So, hey, he clearly knew something that we didn't. I also think it's really funny. You think about how anonymous all of these people are. Like, look, I'm sure Mike Johnson goes home to 
Shreveport or wherever he lives in Louisiana, and he probably gets stopped at the grocery store. He probably gets stopped going to eat dinner. People want to shake his hand, but like, do you any of you know who Mike Johnson is? The fifth or sixth ranked member of the Republican Party, the party of power, and the guy's totally anonymous. I didn't know half the people that put their names forward, who put their names forward to be Speaker of the House. You know, you think about it. We poke at Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene a good bit. We know who they are because they're all over Fox News and CNN, and they're written about every single day. Kevin McCarthy, Steve Scalise, and even Scalise is probably one that's anonymous to a lot of you, and that's fine. Congressman Scalise or Deputy Whip, whatever he is now, he was clearly one of the people that was interested in it, and they did not like, he, he clearly set at odds with Kevin McCarthy and a bunch of people because when they put him forward, there were a lot of really right-leaning people in the Congress that were like, oh, hell no. But I am glad. I'm glad for a couple of reasons. It is time for the Republican Party to govern. I told you last week, if it was Jim Jordan, he's not my first pick. He wasn't my 10th pick. He wasn't my 25th pick. But if Jim Jordan was going to be the Speaker of the House, like, it's time to govern. I think one of the things that is going to be a lightning rod for the left is that Mike Johnson voted against codifying same-sex marriage. I get that there's a lot of religious conservatives out there. If I'm 100% honest with you, that issue does not pull at me at all. I think it's probably because I'm 40. I have a ton of gay friends. I've served with gay people in elected office. I think they deserve every bit of the rights to be as happy or as miserable as everyone else. If you step back for a second, and I get there's a ton of guys on the morning show. You know, Tug Coward produces the show for me, puts it out every week. He is a very, very right-leaning conservative, religious right-leaning conservative. It's not that I'm not religious. I am. I just, those two things to me live in conflict. You drive good policy because it's good policy. But I will tell you this, in 2023, I think if you poll tested gay marriage in America, I bet you're at 67, 68%. And that has not always been the case. You remember when George W. Bush ran for re-election, he and Karl Rove asked that states put gay marriage on the ballot. And guess what? It didn't pass in Georgia by a two-to-one margin. That was in 2004. Think about how things have changed in 20 years. And so, yeah, do I look at some of the religious issues that the right wants to sit there and talk about? And look, I'm very pro-life. I'll say it. I'm pro-life because... I believe the preamble to the Constitution guarantees life to everybody. Look, when you've got a heartbeat, you've got brain activity. To me, there's no denying it. That, to me, is a person. So I sit there on one hand and will defend it. It's not necessarily for religious reasons. But on the other, like, when you look at some of the social issues that the Republicans have carved out in 2023 that they still cling to, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I think codifying same-sex marriage will probably be something that the left uses to fundraise against Mike Johnson and for the Democrat Party on. And to be honest with you, that is an issue where marginally right-leaning Republicans, which at this point we have learned we absolutely cannot live without, is going to be a front-and-center conversation. And to me, it doesn't have to be. And I understand why there are plenty of states out there that want to run to the states' rights argument. I think if you're married in California and you move to Georgia or you move to Florida or you move to Texas or South Carolina, I think you should have the same rights. Like, it's not like you're married in one state and you're not in another. If you ask me, that's one of the things that presents a huge conflict. You know, we're in October. Plenty of you that work for somebody are looking at open enrollment right now. Plenty of you that don't work for somebody are looking at open enrollment right now. So I get it. But I think the rights should be extended. I honestly, I'm one of the people who thinks we should all get in the room around the abortion conversation and codify it. I do. I think that it may be a divisive, take it to the mat, blood curling, screaming, 
gnashing of teeth issue. I think it is the right conversation for this country to have. And I don't care if Mike Johnson feels like he feels. I think that there are probably enough members of the Republican Party and enough members of the Democrat Party to sit there and find 60 votes in the Senate and 224 votes or whatever the number is in the House to sit there and codify. I think we would be better to take some of these wedge issues off the table. And in my fear with somebody like a guy like Mike Johnson, who I've already told you, I do not know. But when you start reading through his bio and you look at some of the things that he is very firmly in favor of, don't begrudge the man for how he feels, in the least. Supportive of everybody having an equal say in the United States Congress, all 435 of them. But I think there's enough people that can come to consensus and be like, this is where we need to be. The Republicans would be smart to codify it nationwide because you're going to force the Democrats to have conversations amongst their own party in their states with their constituents that they don't want to have. I think that is one of the token reasons why electing somebody to Speaker of the House like Mike Johnson is probably is a really smart decision. I think if he is willing to let the process take its course, we're going to be better off for it. There's a couple other things I want to I, I, I want to talk about what Mike Johnson said he was going to do. He's going to put all 12 appropriations committees. He's going to force them to pass a budget. I've told you for weeks, if not months and if not years, the biggest problem with the Republican Party and really the Democrat Party, they've never met a budget that they didn't like and a dollar that they didn't want to spend. If Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, will force the Republican Party to get in a room and pass a budget and send it to the Democrats that guts and funds whatever the issues are of the day. You want to be in favor of the war in Ukraine? Fine. Mike Johnson's not going to be in favor of the war in Ukraine. But I hope Mike Johnson takes the opportunity to put a funding bill in place that protects our southern border. I hope Mike Johnson puts a bill in place that would fund some of the Israeli conflict with Hamas and Hezbollah. I think that would be a smart thing to do, even if he's not in favor of it. I think Mike Johnson taking the opportunity to have an abortion conversation is healthy. I think the Republican stance on that issue may be just a little bit out of touch, but I have a feeling that common sense can still be a superpower. And Mike Johnson may be that guy. You look at the Republican Study Committee, they do a lot of really good work. Does it amount to a lot of fruits of their labor? Not really. But if he can take his time, skill set, and expertise and make something of it and force those appropriations bills on the floor, regardless, I told you, I don't care if you vote for or against the war in Ukraine. Put it out there. You want to cut deficit spending? Look, I'm a guy. If you're building a house, you show me a brick. Everybody says that they want to do things. I think leadership is incredibly difficult. And I think that the United States Congress right now is incredibly fractured. That can also work to our advantage. If we put bills on the floor that refund and fund our infrastructure and rebuild our military and our Department of Defense and talk about the priorities of our party moving forward, They're persuadable issues. It has never been more clear in 2023 that our military is, one, tired, our foreign policy is absolutely wretched, and our infrastructure continues to crumble. And I don't mean fund the military like Donald Trump funded the military or funded the border wall like he wanted to fund the border wall. The guy built like 50-something miles of the border wall. He bloviated over the issue forever. If we can put the adults in the room, and I'm including the people in the Freedom Caucus, and we can get to a place where we have the 221 or 222 votes, the four-vote majority that we have that has the ability to get in a room, drive consensus, even if they're really scaled-down spending bills, I will stand up and clap. I am the fiscally conservative Republican of all fiscally conservative Republicans. You won't find anybody on planet Earth 
that hates wasting money more than I do. You can look at my record in locally elected office. You guys think I'm kind of middle of the road with some of my social issues, and I'm not going to lie to you, I am. But when it comes to the dollars and cents of what makes a city or a county or a state or the country great, man, I am puckered absolutely tight. And I'm also somebody who's willing to say, hey, look, we've made things a binary conversation. You've seen Mike Johnson say he doesn't support the war in Ukraine. I'm fine with that. If enough members of his caucus do, he's going to have to put a bill out there because then politics will get in the way. But there's also something else I want you guys to know. A lot of times we play the either or game. And what I say is, well, are we in favor? You hear it on the morning show with Tug Rhino and Los. I'd rather fund the war in Israel than fund the war in Ukraine. Well, so would I. But who said that the United States of America, with our largest economy in the world, has to have binary conversations over everything? Don't you think that the Republicans being in the party of power can, one, fund a border wall, two, fund an Israeli conflict with Hamas and Hezbollah and the and what could potentially be the Iranians, three, our military, and four, Get the Ukrainians the weapons and munitions that they need so that we can keep tyrannical governments off of NATO's doorstep. I think we can do all four things. I don't know why we have bought hook, hook, line, and sinker into the fact that we are the party that is only capable of taking one thing. I would like to eat cupcakes and I would like to eat brownies. Plenty of you are the same way. So don't believe the lie that gets forced down your throat by the mainstream media that we've got to be in favor of one or be in favor of the other. You can take the entitlement spending in this country right off the table. The Ben Burnett Show can be found on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays, I do long-form interviews with people who create your perspective. I've got all kinds of people that are interesting. This coming week, I'm going to have Burt Brantley. He was the former deputy chief of staff for Brian Kemp. He runs the Savannah Chamber of Commerce. This is Extra 106.3 Atlanta's all-conservative talk station. We will be right back. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. This is the Ben Burnett Show on Extra 106.3. Welcome back to Extra 106.3, Atlanta's all-conservative talk station. Grateful for all of you who have made me a part of your day. Second segment, the long run. We've got some interesting things to get to, some gerrymandering, where the courts have sent Georgia's congressional maps and probably some state legislature seats Governor Kemp has called a special legislative session right after Thanksgiving where, look, the Republicans are going to have to make some hard choices. We feel like the last election cycle brought forth a mandate, and I'm not going to lie to you. He won by eight points. Brad Raffensperger won by nine. It was a good year for Republicans in 2022. 
But after the census cycle, when people get in a room and they start drawing favorable districts so that they don't have to work that hard and fight the Democrats, it has created some problems. It has long been speculated that Congressman Rich McCormick's Georgia 6th seat is going to be one of the ones that's redrawn for a couple of reasons. He's got the short straw as a member of Congress. I like Congressman McCormick a lot. You have seen how he has legislated and acted over the course of the last year or so. He definitely spends a lot of time with Democrats. And at this point, I don't blame him. If you feel like you're the guy who doesn't have the quote-unquote safe seat, you got to get in the ditch and you got to fight. And that's the one thing that I have come to learn about him. He faced a congressional primary, five, six, seven people. He was there. He, he went to work in a runoff against Jake Evans, a, a guy whose family is synonymous with the Atlanta area and national politics. His father was an ambassador, and McCormick overcame a Trump endorsement. I think that's why you've seen him back Governor Ron DeSantis. I can't prove that, but it would stand to reason. And I think it's going to be interesting. I think the Republicans are going to have to sacrifice some people. And who is that going to be? When you look at the state legislature, there are some younger House members and younger senators that are probably going to get caught in that. I do think, by and large, Republicans do their level best to draw accurate representations of maps. I think Democrats do the same thing. When you get into these marginal states where it's one side or the other, and you see somebody like Brian Kemp, the first go around against Stacey Abrams, beat her by three points. Look, it's close, and things have changed. There are a lot of people who have seen his voting record. They're proud of his time in the governor's mansion, and he's been rewarded for that. But that's not everybody. Georgia is incredibly competitive. You saw in 2020, Joe Biden beat Donald Trump by some 10,000 votes. It was close. There's no question about it. Georgia is incredibly difficult. You see Republicans find rewards on the last bout with statewide races. And at the same time, you can see Governor Kemp do really well, and you can see poor candidates like Herschel Walker lose to Democrats. This is going to be front page news as we approach the holidays, as we get past Thanksgiving. It is going to be absolutely everywhere. There is one thing that the media absolutely loves to tar and feather Republicans about, and it's gerrymandering. And the truth is, is that it does happen. And the truth is, is that it happens both ways. You look at states like Pennsylvania and New York, they do it too. You've got some really massive metropolitan areas that you just can't draw lines around anymore. Sticking with the legislature here on Extra 106.3, Atlanta's all-conservative talk station, I want to talk about Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones. I'm going to say some really nice things about Burt Jones. I appreciate how the guy legislates. I personally have written Burt Jones a check. I would support Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones in about any race that he would ever run. I think he has a lot of the values and ideals that the party should have. But I don't think anybody is beyond criticism. And this past week, State Senator Clint Dixon, a Republican from Buford, offered a bill that Lieutenant Governor Jones came out immediately and adamantly supported to provide a stipend of $10,000 a year if teachers and people in schools will voluntarily take firearms courses and carry guns in schools. I think there's a comprehensive ideology shift that needs to take place around guns. It's protected by the Second Amendment, there's no question. You've seen in Maine this week, an armed gunman killed 18 people, and I think we all think that that number is going to continue to grow. But man, when you look, there's a lot of country club talk when you get into politics, especially on the far left and the far right. 
And I can't for the life of me recognize or realize how providing teachers a stipend to take firearms courses is a good idea in any form or fashion. I think it's dangerous. I'll be the first person to tell you. I I think that your municipalities, your counties, and your school boards ought to have the funding mechanism, even if it meant raising taxes, to provide a law enforcement officer at every school at all times, from the time the bell rings to the time that all the kids go home. I think that is Georgia's best course of action to combat the nationwide sentiment and the ability to have and the and the ability to prevent school shootings. I think that's the right thing to do. We we love low taxes. On the right, we love low taxes. But you know what we hate even worse? When really, really bad things happen to innocent people, especially kids. And I look, I've got three kids in the public school system. I think about that a lot. You think about the worst thing, the worst call, the worst notification, the worst Twitter feed you could ever have happen. Is something like that that could happen in your community. And when I sat in elected office, it was candidly even outside of my jurisdiction. It was my biggest fear because I would be called on to make a statement. There are no words that you could use in hindsight that would ever make that okay for families. When that is you and you've got kids that have gone to Sandy Hook or Columbine or any of the other number of schools, I am not prepared to have that conversation with a parent because it's personal to them. And who am I, even though I am an adamant Second Amendment supporter, who am I to sit there and be like, yep, we've got some rights in this country, and we also have bad people that get access to guns, and we don't do a great job with mental health? The truth is that bad people who intend to inflict harm on innocent people, they're going to find a way. Do I think that we should make that course of action as absolutely difficult as humanly possible? You bet. But look. I know a lot of people who teach school. I can't think of any of them that should be afforded the opportunity to do that. Well, I've grown up around guns. Look, most of us have in some form or fashion. Most of us have grown up around guns. My father was in the United States Marine Corps until I was an adolescent or older. Metro Metro Atlanta suburban kid. I'd never laid hands on a firearm. I own two. They're both at his house, which probably gave too much information away. But I've also got little kids. It concerns me. When you just, let's put the stereotypes, put all of that stuff away. Like, have an honest conversation with yourself. If your child's elementary school teacher is a 23-year-old female who grew up in the suburbs of Atlanta, 55, 54, 53% Republican, the odds that that girl, teacher, grew up around firearms may be 50-50 on a best day. But that doesn't mean that she has any ability whatsoever to sit there and protect a classroom of 25 people. I get that everybody's going to sit there on the right and celebrate Senator Clint Dixon from Buford for the bill that he introduced. And honestly, Buford, that's one of the places where it's still red, still Republican leaning. But like, look, it's probably 10 years from not being. You talk about dropping bills like that with Democrats. I'm not even... Take the partisanship out of it. Is that the right thing to do? No, I just sat there and told you what the right message was. If you want to protect your kids at every turn, you put a law enforcement officer, an off-duty cop from the city of wherever, Johns Creek, Sandy Springs, Roswell, Canton, Woodstock, any of them, you pay them 40, 50 bucks an hour on days that they're not working, and you make sure they're staffed at 100% of the time, 
Governor Kemp has a $6 billion surplus in his budget at the end of 2022. Guys, you don't think that's worth a couple million bucks? You don't think that's worth $100 million? To me, it is. Is that the highest and best use of a dollar? In my mind, you could probably find more economical, more economically feasible ways to make something like that make sense. You partner with your school boards. You partner with your local municipalities. The state could overcome that shortfall everywhere. And if you want to recruit people to law enforcement, then give them a better pathway into the middle class. I just gave you the solution. I think that Senator Dixon and Lieutenant Governor Jones are right about a lot of things. But I think when you get in the country club gun culture of the Republican Party, it is not the right message to send. This is Extra 106.3, Atlanta's all-conservative talk station. My name is Ben Burnett. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, I host a podcast for the Podcast Park. Tuesdays are around people who create your perspective. Thursdays, I do my thought in one take where I take an issue of the week. I unpack it. I make it make sense to your life. A couple weeks ago, I did the Israelis and the Palestinians. I've talked about what Congress does. I've talked about what the filibuster does. In all honesty, there's classrooms around the country that have started listening to the show every single week. And I always laugh. One of the most gratifying parts of what I have the opportunity to do is go talk to young people and teach them about local government, having been somebody who did it, teach them about state government as somebody who pays a lot of attention, and being willing to tell those kids that independent thought and independent ideas, even though I am a right-leaning conservative Republican, this world is going to be a lot better off if we get to be a people in the United States of America who can think for themselves. I just told you, I had a conversation around Burt Jones and the stipend to give $10,000 checks every year to teachers who want to take firearms training. Guys, if teachers need a $10,000 raise, then we ought to do that through a military adjustment. And I'm not against the idea, but I don't want to put guns in the hands of people who have no expertise and no aptitude to sit in a hostile and stressful situation. We are capable of solving problems without being like, yeah, let's arm all the teachers. Guys, that is insanity. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ben Burnett. You can follow me on Instagram, at The Ben Burnett Show. If you will send me a DM, they're open to either one of those platforms. I have partner. I have a partnership with Peach State Pride, Georgia-based company, and I've got performance hoodies. These things are super nice. You can see them all over my Instagram. People tag me to them all the time. I've got several hundred out there. All shapes and sizes. All you have to do is email me or DM me. Don't email me. If you'll DM me, I'll literally, you give me an address, you give me a size, we will send you one. All we ask is that you tag us in the wild. It helps grow the brand, gives you something nice to say thank you. It's like the old days. Guys, I don't even need anything from you. I always laugh because the vast majority of people who DM me or get in touch with me over my performance hoodies are women. We ask the question a lot in this country about what the Republican Party needs to do to lure suburban women back. It's think for yourself. When you see somebody like Lieutenant Governor Jones, who I told you I care for, I like, I'll write him a check, I'll write him another check. I'm happy to support him. But we don't agree on everything, and we shouldn't agree on everything. And every idea that that man gets behind isn't positive, even though most of them are, even though I'd vote for him. Suburban women like to see people who have the ability to think on their own two feet and be the person who outthinks the room. 
thoughtfully, pragmatically, that provides solutions to to your life. Because if we want to find, if we want to pay teachers another $10,000, then we ought to figure out how to do it. And it's not any harder than that. Switching gears just a little bit, the Biden administration in the last week released CPI numbers and economic growth numbers for the month ending in August. The most surprising thing that I saw that I still cannot wrap my head around is that the United States gross domestic product grew 4.9% in the third quarter. So that's the month ending in September. The Wall Street Journal says there's also warning signs. If GDP growth continues to, to escalate, that's great. But if wages aren't able to keep up, that's going to be problematic. You've also seen unusual whales on Twitter. That's one of my favorite Twitter accounts, talking about that mortgage rates for the first time in the last two or three decades are above 8%, which means that if you have to move because you get transferred, you get to take the uplift on all the money that you made on your previous house, but then you got to go buy another one. And while you may have bought your house with two and a half or 3% on an interest rate, and you get to put a little bit more down, that monthly payment for the same size house is hundreds, if not thousands of dollars more. So that's going to be problematic. One of the other things that Unusual Whales put out this week is that for the first time in over 20 years, that seems to be the consensus number, for the first time in over 20 years, defaults on vehicles are escalating. How in the hell is the United States of America seeing such economic growth combined with the fact that housing is as unaffordable as it has ever been, combined with the fact that mortgage rates are incredibly high, combined with the fact that loan defaults on vehicles are at the highest rate that they've been in 20 years? When you take that a step further and you realize that the United Auto Workers Association has been on strike for over a month, and that doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon, that's going to put a strain on supply. So if you want to go buy a vehicle, it's going to be more expensive, and it's going to come with a higher interest rate. There are so many things that live in conflict with the United States economy in October of 2023 that I really don't know where it begins and where it ends. I can tell you it feels incredibly uncertain. And I sat in locally elected office. I got to meet a ton of really, really high dollar developers and construction folks, tons of them. I mean, guys that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Do you know how many of them that I still have relationships with today? Almost all of them. Do you know how many of those same individuals are currently looking at undertaking new projects? Zero. Nobody. Commercial office space in, in the metro Atlanta area for class A office space has a vacancy rate above 20%. How do those assessments keep coming in higher and higher and higher? If one out of every five offices in this country is empty, it doesn't make, there is nothing about what is going on that makes any sense at all. And I think in the first quarter, I've said it on Twitter, I've said it on the show. If you feel like you sit in an uncertain job status in October of 2023, by January of 2024, you better get where you want to be. Because you have started to see Truist, one of the largest banks in all of Atlanta, used to be SunTrust, which was the largest bank in Atlanta, is laying off 20% of its workforce. It's a slowdown in more it's it's a slowdown with the mortgage economy. It's a slowdown in economic lending. It's a slowdown of people coming to the table that want to process loans and want to invest in their business. 
How do we have the ability to sit there and do that with 4.9% seasonally and inflation-adjusted rates for the third quarter? I'm telling you, something, somebody out there somewhere has cooked the books here because none of this makes any sense. I know a ton of people in the third quarter and, and entering the fourth quarter that are losing their jobs. I get a text message from somebody every week. Hey, do you know anybody hiring? Is there anything I can do for your consulting business to make a little bit of money? Nothing about the economy in October of 2023 makes any sense. And the Biden administration at the end of the week was really taken to social media touting the economic growth. But it doesn't feel that way. When you go to the pump, I mean, Georgia has the cheapest gas in the country because Governor Kemp suspended the gas tax. But if he didn't, if you put the 35 or 40 cents back on it, you're at 350 a gallon. And Brian Kemp can afford to do that because he runs a conservatively pragmatic state and he knows that the holidays are coming and that people are going to be spending more money and he wants to improve the quality of their life. I don't take anything away from his strategy. And he's not doing it for political gains. You know, there's not a race that guy's running right now. For all intents and purposes, he's got three more years to sit out there and and do whatever he thinks is his level best. And And the powers of the governorship in the U.S., they allow him to do that. But the stock market, I was looking this week. At my portfolio, you know, it's static for 2023. I mean, I'm contributing, I'm putting, I'm putting money in and I'm 40. So I recognize that I've got 20 solid years before I'm allowed to retire, but it is a mess when I see people and it's both sides. I I honestly, at this point, what drives me the craziest about America right now is that I don't know who to believe. Because the Bureau of Labor and Statistics put that GDP growth number out there, and I take them at face value. You can't really make it up. And I say that because when it's been bad in this country, they've allowed it to look like it's bad. Remember in March of 2020 when unemployment in this country went to 13 or 14 or 15 percent when the federal government was cutting all the checks. And it was a time of incredible uncertainty. So I give the CPI numbers, I give the Bureau of Labor and Statistics the benefit of the doubt, because in my mind, they've deserved it. But when you start to combine that with the fact that people are missing payments, when student loan repayments started October 1st, you know, if you're between the ages of 22 and 42, you're in trouble. If you are, if you are dealing with the inflation like we have seen, which if you're 25 years old, it is, it is as high currently as it is that it is as high currently as it has ever been in your lifetime. Nothing makes any sense, and I don't know who to believe. When I look out there and I just see and I judge it by my phone, people reaching out saying, hey, do you have anything I can work on? I got let go. I'm being furloughed one day a week. And you read the news about the UAW and manufacturing in this country, and you combine that and you separate it and you go overseas and you look at the war In Ukraine, and I'm not talking about how you feel about the war in Ukraine. I'm just saying it exists. We're all going to acknowledge that. That's put a squeeze on energy prices. When you look at the war in Israel, I mean, that is a conflict that is incredibly scary, incredibly dangerous. And it's dangerous and scary for everybody. It's not just the people who live in the Middle East. There are countries who are going to get involved, who are looking for a reason to be involved in that conflict that do not value human life. I've told you that in segments for weeks. We don't know as Americans if the Iranians are a nuclear power. We don't think they are, but we know that they've tried to beg, borrow, and steal to continue their uranium enrichment. But look, even if they don't have it, even if they're just getting started with that, it's scary. 
So how do we continue to see the growth numbers like one side wants to put out there and then know everything else that we know to be true? You're going to feel it. I mean, when January rolls around, when Governor Kemp gets back into his legislative session, and look, he can sit there and subsidize your roads and your infrastructure a little while out of the general fund of the state. Eventually, he's not going to be able to do that, and he knows it. That that $6 billion surplus that he loves to tell isn't going to be $6 billion in 2024. Not if you're going to sit there and subsidize gas. Not if you're going to sit there and subsidize energy to allow people to go see their loved ones over the holidays. I'd really, truly, you look at J.P. Morgan Chase, who in the, in the past week has said that they're considering upping their ante in gold and precious metals. It's more likely to exceed a rate of return on inflation. Hey, look, if we're honest, we all hear the commercials. I don't know a lot of people that sit there and invest in precious metals. I get that there's a bunch of people that do. I don't take anything away from it. It's just one of those things that I don't really understand. I'm more like the, I'm more like the markets and the goods and services with the companies that I can tangibly trust and feel. The Ben Burnett Show comes to you every Saturday and Sunday at noon. You can also find me on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays, I do long-form interviews. Next week, I've got Burt Brantley from the Savannah Chamber of Commerce, who used to be Governor Kemp's Deputy Chief of Staff. He runs a fabulous outfit in Savannah. You'll learn a lot about the coastal region in the state of Georgia. And on Thursdays, we do My Thought in One Take. If you will send me a DM to Instagram at the Ben Burnett Show, I will get you a Peach State Pride hoodie. Just get me your address. Give me your shirt size. Happy to send one to you and, and follow me on Twitter at Ben Burnett. I guess we'll let the same rules apply there. This is Extra 1063, Atlanta's all conservative talk station. We will be right back. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps it $5 minimum balance required. This is the Ben Burnett Show on Extra 106.3. Welcome back to Extra 106.3, Atlanta's all-conservative talk station. My name is Ben Burnett. You can catch my podcast on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays, I do long-form interviews. Thursdays, most of the time, we're getting to the end of the year. I may start taking some time off. I'll do my thought in one take where I take an issue of the week and unpack it. A couple weeks ago, I did one on Israel and Palestine and all the things that play into that. I think that is an incredibly complex conversation that we are trying to have, not just as a country, as a global world. For a long time, it has kind of set dormant. You've seen Israel encroach on the West Bank with housing settlements, essentially apartments that, you know, it's not any harder than that. And that land by the UN, by the way, it was drawn in 1920 up to 1947, belongs to Israel. But there were certain things that they were not supposed to do. 
you know, and we also talked about the intelligence that didn't happen. How on earth can the United States government have the CIA? How on earth can Israel have Mossad? And there's such a plain as day attack on Israel from Hamas. It's beyond the pale. We know about absolutely everything that China has. I'm not saying like literally everything. Are there things that China has and does that we don't know about? Yes, but we know where all their boats are. You've read in recent weeks about all the issues in the South China Sea with the Philippines, Navy, Coast Guard, getting intercepted by China. You know, that was a country, hell, five years ago, they were kind of an ally of China. At one point, they were a territory of the United States, so they kind of go back and forth. You know, when you look and you step back, China with the COVID virus, and look, I am not a guy who will ever sit there and be like, oh, yeah, it was just... It, it, it was just monkeys and wildlife, and it per- perpetuated itself. Guys, China created a biological weapon, released it into the world, and they knew what the consequences of those actions were. If you look at China's allies in the world right now, the BRICS countries, Russia, Iran, Syria, bad people. Like, even the, even the left-leaning Democrats look at what they're doing, and they're like, man, these people are bad for the world. And they are. But if you think about the conversation where China releases a virus, it infects the global world, I think they knew how the American government was going to react with the shutdown conversations, the wartime economy that got turned on, and the inflation that would follow in subsequent years. Yes, you can blame President Trump for plenty of it. Yes, you can blame President Biden for plenty of it. And the U.S. largely didn't see it coming. I think that we knew it was a possibility somewhere within the deep state of our intelligence, but I don't think it was something that we actually thought would come front and center. And then some years later, Russia invades the Ukraine, knowing that the West was going to fund that war, knowing that Russia really doesn't have a huge regard for human life, just like China, just like Iran. And then we're spending even more money that we don't have. Deficit spending climbs even higher. And then Iran decides that they want to enter the fray with Hamas. And who is everybody in the Western world going to defend? Israel. I I want you to understand one thing. It's not because they're God's chosen people. Israel was created by the people who won the end of the First World War. The United States, Great Britain, Palestine, Israel was a British territory from 1920, prior to 1920. And then they wanted out of that business because they knew that it was, an, it was a game that had no end. Much like all of us for the last 10 years knew that Afghanistan was something that the United States would have no easy way out of. You know how we knew that? Because we saw Russia occupy Afghanistan and be forced to leave. And they were like, screw this. These people don't want education. They don't want a better way of life. They want to throw rocks at each other. And then we sat there for two decades and had the disastrous withdrawal. I've got news for you on another front. The withdrawal from Afghanistan on any with any administration, it was always going to be wholesale. This is Extra 106.3, Atlanta's all-conservative talk station. Final thing I want to get to are the trial proceedings with Donald Trump in his civil case in New York where he has to sit there day after day and listen to him talk about how he was falsifying business records, falsifying documents, falsifying stuff so he could get a better deal on taxes. I get it. I get all of it. If Guys, if we're honest, if you've ever had your house appraised because you were refinancing your house and you were there when the appraisal guy was there, or girl, in fairness, Hey, I really need this house to appraise for $240,000. Or, hey, I really need it to be $300,000. And most of the time, most of those people play ball. So while I'm going to sit there and criticize Donald Trump 
on one hand, on a really, really small scale, I think most of us have been there. Like, hey, I really hope this works out so I can qualify for a lower mortgage rate and get the PMI off, whatever. We've all done that at some time. For the second time in Donald Trump's civil trial in New York, in Manhattan, he's been sanctioned by the judge. This time, it came with a $10,000 fine for comments he made during a trial, a civil case, where he could not keep his mouth shut and he told you what his opinions were. Guys, that guy either has insurance up to the hilt and he doesn't care, or he thinks every time he's written about, it's going to ultimately be fine. I actually think that Donald Trump's in a lot of trouble for two reasons. One, I think if you start to see the people in Fulton County start to flip and they realize that Trump was never going to be the savior in the white knight, whatever, you're starting to see a lot of those people roll, and they're people who will hurt him in a trial. Number two, they're going to destroy his business and his credibility within the state of New York based on what he did. You've seen people like Michael Cohen come forward. That guy's not willing to hold back at all. You remember him, the fixer? He actually served jail time as a part of Donald Trump's administration. Literally went to federal prison for over a year. And he just took it when he got the chance to get paroled. He got out and he didn't know he no longer had to stay quiet. And he has taken that opportunity at every single possible turn. I think Donald Trump is in trouble because I think he's hemorrhaging cash, and I think that Fulton County may ultimately be the case that undoes him. I do not think the man is going to ultimately be the Republican nominee. My fear is that the Republicans and the MAGA crowd will be so disenchanted with the way that the man was treated that they will stay home or they'll undervote a Republican. And I get it. I'm one of the guys who will undervote Donald Trump being president. I do not care for what happened on January 6th. I do not care for the willy-nilly approach to how he spent money. And if you go back and look, Donald Trump was a lot of things that were really good for this country. But I already told you in the first segment, I'm a fiscal conservative. Donald Trump was a spender. He was a spender like he was a rapper. Even before COVID, he let Mitch McConnell roll record deficit spending levels. That's that's 100% the truth. To me, I don't know why so many more people don't do their own research to come to conclusions. You look at the way that states are governed with guys like Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley. Those are AAA credit rated states. They're AAA credit. They have tons of AAA credit rated municipalities. I also recognize that the obligations of the federal government are not the obligations of your state government. But Donald Trump didn't know how to do either effectively. You saw people that I really greatly respect like General Mattis come forward and say, you need to hire a secretary of defense that is more aligned with your policies than than what I am willing to offer you. And you also saw people like John Bolton, Larry Kudlow, his CIA director, all sorts of people that Republicans think a lot of. And then instead of like listening to what they have to say, hell, even Mike Pence, instead of listening to what they actually have to say, 30% or higher, of the electorate just says, screw these guys. They're just bitter. Guys, do you think all of them are bitter? Or do you think one or two or three of them are actually sitting there telling you all the reasons why this guy is wrong for the office? I do. He never seems to learn. And there's no part of him that is willing to change. And I think that if he was less vocal about things, the guy could have an immense opportunity to be successful especially if the Freedom Caucus is actually going to double down and hold him to the same standards that they've wanted to hold the Republican Party and the Democrats to. I think it could be the answer to the country, but I honestly don't think he's ever going to get the opportunity to be successful. The Ben Burnett Show can be found on Tuesdays or Thursdays. If you will send me a DM to Twitter 
or Instagram at Ben Burnett on Twitter, the Ben Burnett show on Instagram. I've got peach state pride hoodies, performance hoodies. They're lightweight. They're super fancy, probably retail for about a hundred bucks. We'll mail one to you. Just get my DMS on. This is extra one Oh six, three Atlanta's all conservative talk station. We will see you guys next week. Make it a good one. The warm air, the sounds of baseball. It's got you thinking about hitting the road and no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.